All right, so I'm going to try something different because uh, uh, Lexi thinks we should not do the, or she suggested that we, I guess, other podcasts don't do the, hey, we're here, blah, 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 da, 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 all that stuff. So she was like, just kind of start the conversation and uh, uh, and go into it. So Sure. I'm cool with that. So, Matt, what did you, I don't, uh, to... I don't know how to do it. I'm just going to do it. So. I, I don't. I don't know how to start a conversation. So I, I'm, I'm not, not a conversation starter. Not even. Not even with my own brother. <laughs> we can't start this conversation. All right. Um, I watched this movie last night, Matt, and uh, oh. it. Uh, I want to hear. I want to hear everything. I'm. I, it sounds like though, uh, from from our text before this, you said you really love this movie. Do you watch this movie all the time? I this movie. <sighs> I mean, it only recently occurred to me that maybe this is one where we kind of didn't overlap the two of us. But I, but for real, straight up, this is a movie that I have watched. I mean, dozens of times in my life. This was a huge. This was a what it was was this was a huge video store movie. Oh yeah, me. no, it's totally a video. Well, it has to be. I mean, given the box office, I mean. Yeah. Well, I my birthday is around Halloween. Um, so when I was growing up every year, you know, uh, on my birthday, I would have my friends over and we would go to Blockbuster and rent, you know, scary movies and, you know, Pet Cemetery and Candyman or whatever Halloween. But there was one movie that we always got every time without fail. And that was the Monster Squad. This was this was a absolute uh, I was big in our circulation uh, around Halloween and just in general, it's one of those movies that when I think of just when I think about the movie, I can see the VHS box <laughs> on the shelf at the video store. I can feel holding it in my hand and looking at it. It's one of those things like, and only people who went to video stores understand that, but this is, this is absolutely like, you know, one of the, the classic, um, archetypal kind of uh you know home video rental movies of yeah. my childhood well sure. i mean i remember i matt i mean i obviously i watched it i remember because when i was watching it this time it uh there were a lot of scenes that that i remember and i was surprised that i remembered because it yeah it's not obviously it's not a movie that that is well known um but it, there's a lot that i remember this from when we were kids and um, I got a lot of feelings about this. This uh, this is this movie more than any of the other movies. I wrote the most notes on this movie, wow. which is surprising. And I texted you last night. I think this is the first true cult classic that you and I have talked about. And right. um, because I think you know some people could say Labyrinth, but I feel like Labyrinth yeah. was a little more. I don't want to say mainstream, but I think it was a little, well, it's more, a little less culty, and it was a little yeah, more kind yeah. of well known. It's, it's not quite as niche as as Monster Squad, yeah. Because Labyrinth is more of a like a like a kids movie, so it's more directly aimed at like family audiences as Jim Henson. But this is this is very much like this movie scratches a very specific itch, like so well. This is a like 
this is exactly what I want when I am going to watch a PG 13 movie from the eighties. Oh, it's it like this. It's, it's like in that, in, in those terms, this is like, I don't, you can't get much better than this in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, when I think about this movie and just setting it up of, of what this movie is, I mean, this movie is about a group of, teenagers i guess but i feel like some of the main characters feel like they're younger than teenagers but um yeah they're in that that middle school yeah middle school to teen or you know maybe the freshman year of high school or whatever but they they are um they have a, a a club and they talk about monsters and then yes and then somehow there's uh it is a like an accumulation of all movie monster, old school movie monster yes. uh, characters. So you have Dracula, you have uh, Werewolf, you have a mummy, you have Frankenstein, and then you have, I what, a Gila monster? I think well, yeah, the, the, they they well, swamp I thing mean, or what? I don't know what that. He's, they call they call him the Gill Man, but of course he's the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay, creature but, from uh, the Black Lagoon. All right, so, um, yeah, and they all for some reason classic, come together. It's the classic, yeah, it's the classic Universal monsters. Um, basically, right, I mean, yeah, right. the basic the basic premise of it is, you know, I mean, a really you know kind of um reductive way to put it but probably pretty accurate is that it's like the goonies with the classic universal monsters like that's pretty that's a pretty like easy, yeah i think that sums it up way to describe it. right and and so they come and then there's an amulet and somehow there's van helsing and this amulet prevents good and evil from uh the balance of the universe i like how you keep saying somehow which is i think well, I think somehow is the key phrase to start every <laughs> sentence of this discussion of this movie. Somehow. Yes. Somehow. Because there's a lot in here that is yes. somehow. Um, and oh, we'll get into it yes. because there's a lot of somehows that I'm going to bring up. But they there's sure. there's an amulet, and the amulet prevents good and evil, or balances the world from good and evil, and I guess protects uh, <laughs> inexplicably <laughs> another word that will be used quite Quite a oh, lot yeah. in this movie. Uh, talking about this movie, it's one of the key keywords. <laughs> yes, here. it it kind of balances the universe, and every hundred years, inexplicably, uh, it has to be re uh, re initiated or re consecrated or whatever to continue to prevent the evil spirits from taking over the world and. This okay. particular is am I am I paraphrasing this? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just gonna say already, like um, listening to you to describe describing the plot is like I've I have watched this movie so many times and I have not actually thought about plot as deeply as what you just described. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, well, it's I, like this, which is so great, which I which is why I'm just excited to get into this because this brought up a lot of feelings about nostalgia right. and how how I view these movies and especially this one really because this is the first definitely the first one that we've done like you said the first like real cult movie but yeah this is the first one of my childhood that I would consider that I have like that really strong nostalgic 
connection to, even though we did do Labyrinth and we did Independence Day, those were big ones. But this is different. This is like, um, like I said, this is like a video store. Yeah, and I like, feel a very special yes. genre. Right. This know? is well. I mean, and we can get, get into it. But I mean, it was a box office flop by by. I mean, epically. I mean, I I was reading it that they it, the budget to make this movie, which. I, clearly they spent it because there's some really good stuff in this, but it's fourteen yeah. million dollars they spent making this movie, and the box office yeah. take was like three point five million. Yeah, I was shocked by that number when I saw it. I was like, honestly, because I knew the movie wasn't hugely successful, but when I saw that disparity between the budget and the box office, I was like, wow, really? Yeah, they lost eleven million dollars on this movie, so it it's yeah. it is is the definition of flop. Um, and so it, 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 no one saw it in the theater. You could only see it as a video store rental because it got pulled from the theaters after like the fourth week or something yeah. like that. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's clearly, but uh, we digress. Um, Dracula, who is the leader of the Universal Monster set that have all congregated uh, to try to take over the world or to. Uh, remove. I don't know what. I, don't, I honestly I don't, don't know what they're trying. Yeah, to do. I don't know like, either. No, I still. I, I don't after, know either. But that's kind of what it is. Years of watching this movie. Yeah, no, I have no idea what they're doing. I still don't know what he's trying to do. Yeah, I think that's what it is. But anyways, he he they happen to be in the same location somehow. <laughs> somehow they happen to be in the location uh, where this monster club is, and they take it upon themselves to uh to uh reconsecrate the amulet and save the world from Dracula and and his uh his other monster pals and and that's that's the movie and um god do i have a lot to say about it cuz i i agree with you with the nostalgia cuz i did feel it watching it it was funny cuz i was like i thought i was going to be very like not skeptical but um What's the word cynical? I'm going for? I, I thought it was, yeah, cynical or critical. Critical is probably, I thought I was going to watch it very, like, this is just really bad and all this stuff. But what I noticed, what I found, and what some of the first, the first thing, the opening credits, I laughed out loud and I was like, I love it because they run like a Star Wars level credit where they're just the, scrolling the crawl, up the have- crawl. Yeah, they're crawling this story yeah. up. And then That's they're always like, a good sign. Yeah, it's always a good sign in a movie when there's an open. Oh, I think scroll. I think so. If you're scroll, if if there's a scroll <laughs> going up, um, yeah, you're in for something good. Yeah, so they they're talking about Van Helsing and how he was you know fighting the forces of evil and he had to you know save the world and then and then they wait a second and then the last line coming up on the scroll was they blew it <laughs> and and yep. I just started laughing out loud and it was like the first point I was like all right. Uh, you know, this opened well for me. I was like, this is good. The thing that I think needs to be mentioned is that not to take anything away from uh, Fred Decker, who directed it and co-wrote it, who I think he did a great job, but the script was co-written by Shane Black, who is a phenomenal writer. He's kind of a legendary writer in like the action genre. He wrote Lethal Weapon, the first Lethal Weapon. He mm. wrote The Last Boy Scout. He wrote the longest good night last action hero he 
directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is one of my favorite movies of all time with Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. And he directed Iron Man 3 and The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. So, like, wow. he's, yeah, he's he's great. He's awesome. And he he's wrote this? Like, yeah, he co-wrote Yeah, co-wrote it with Fred Decker, who directed it. Wow. They were, like, friends from uh, UCLA film school. And um, and this is like because this is like I think this came out the same year as Lethal Weapon. So this is like right right before he kind of blew up. You know, uh, he wrote this with with his friend basically, and um, and you can feel his presence in the writing really strongly. And I think that is one of the key um, one of the key elements that makes this film work as well as it does, because there is a, a sort of self awareness in the writing that really like it, because listen i will be the first to say this movie has so many plot holes it's, <laughs> it, i mean the movie is essentially one it's one giant plot hole it's basically like the the, the vortex into what that they open with the amulet that's the movie it's just a giant vortex of plot holes like, let me let me ask like, you the first question and the most glaring one that really frustrated <laughs> me through the whole thing okay. where yes, the fuck are they where where the fuck are they like That's dracula good dracula like why is the amulet the am first of all they start in transylvania i believe right where dracula is i think that's where it opens up yeah right and they, they're so. showing that scene right and then the amulet and somehow van helsing i guess travels to I don't know where the fuck this is. It they never say. They just say present day. But the amulet's like in oh, there's so many things here. The 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 yeah, It's a very good question. The, where the fuck are they? Yeah. Like at one point the, the the house is like I feel like they're in Pasadena, like watching yeah. like looking down on a mountain and it's the, the kind of California vibe that you're getting from from looking at everything. And then the next thing you know, Dracula is driving up to a mansion that looks like it's in the fucking bayou of Louisiana, and then in the <laughs> bottom, it, 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 the bottom of this house is like what looks like a twelfth century fucking dungeon where the amulet yes. happens to be buried. And I'm like, what these the are, hell is going on? These are all like absolutely valid questions like i mean totally rational valid questions and the answer i have for you is very simple it doesn't matter <laughs> that is honestly that is the answer and this is a movie where none of those questions it really doesn't matter that they're answered or not at least not for me i mean but well but it is interesting because I, I I did question like how much of this is nostalgia and how much of it is like a genuine enjoyment of the movie. And watching it this time, I really did try to be objective. And I absolutely recognized, I mean, just right out of the <laughs> gate, like what reason do all of these monsters have to come together? Like how, what connects them? How do they know? Like it's, it's so preposterous. Yeah. <laughs> but what I realized is the reason they come together is because well because there's dracula and there's the wolfman and there's the mummy and there's frankenstein's monster and there's the kill man and that's it that's the reason that's why because those are the universal monsters well and yeah the movie, it's 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 like the it doesn't take it doesn't it doesn't try similar to like how they don't explain the flux capacitor in back to the future we're not gonna 
we're not going to get bogged down in those kind of details. Like this is, we have a, but there's a very clear concept for that they have. And I think the dialogue and the writing is one of the things that really makes it work. Because like I said, there is just a, there's just enough self-awareness to where that acknowledges the absurdity, but with, but at the same time, like, I don't know, personally, I feel like it doesn't, it's not, it takes place in a world that feels pretty real to me. And I think they did a pretty good job, even though everything that's happening around it is completely absurd. The characters behave in a way that feels true to, to the characters that are written and they, they, they communicate in a way that feels logical within the, the world that they've created. And, Oh, that, that and, much I agree completely. I, I think that's yeah. fantastic. I, I thought the I thought the the actors and the way that everything was portrayed, like yeah. between the characters, was great. Was fantastic. Yeah. I feel like the only the thing that was causing so much issues was a lot of these plot holes that they don't explain. Yeah. And 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 to your totally. point. I think that why you had so many things that didn't make sense is because they were they they have no good reason for all those monsters to right. to be. So what did they do? They just put the things that were should be there so that they could get them together. So it's like yeah. we need to pull the 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 creature from the black lagoon, let's put a swamp and a big mansion like it's out of Louisiana. We need a mummy Somehow they're in a small town thing that has a two thousand year old fucking mummy. It's those things are yeah. not just lying around in every little town. No, you know, it's like no. those are pretty fucking rare. And like they're just like, oh, down at the local museum. What local museum has a fucking has, has a fucking two thousand year old mummy? That doesn't none, like what none. is that? That's like uh, and That's so, but many. like none. right, none. So they they're like. I've never. I've been to New York and all that. They're never any. They're not anywhere. Like, like, so <laughs> they're not anywhere unless you go to fucking Egypt. They're not just lying around everywhere. So, like, and and so it's like they just they just everything was concocted to, to or or put into the movie just so that these characters could all be in one spot. And yes. And that was it. There was just like that was the re. Yeah. Like we need them all in one spot, so let's just put these things in there, and they happen to be there. And, um, and so I, I that's what I think. But the, one of the things that I wanted to bring up as as something to talk with you about, and and we're kind of yeah. talking about it a little bit, but I want to distill it a little bit more. Which is what I wrote down was: is this a real movie or a kids movie? And the hmm. and I don't mean like as if a kids movie is not a real movie, but what I mean is is that the plot sequencing that they did or the way they moved through this movie, yeah, they, there wasn't much explanation on why things were happening. It was pretty kind of bowling ball downstairs um, to yep. get through it, which works in a kids totally. movie. You don't you don't really need to. The kids are going to buy it and it's going to move on. But then you have acting. Yeah. And you have language, and you have situations that yeah. that are very much adult like themes and and whatnot. Like particularly at the end of the movie, when Dracula picks up a four year old, like five year old <laughs> child by the chin. Like, she's like yeah, she is like four yeah, years old. Like by the chin, 
and just looks <laughs> yeah. at her and goes, you bitch. And it's like, give me the amulet, you bitch. Yes. It yes. was like way child, oh, like, oh, my God, year, sinister. Four year old girl. Right. Yes. And I'm like, so it's like, it's this. Oh, and, and that not only that, but earlier in that same sequence, Dracula goes to their home and stands in the front yard in a very now that I know that the guy who wrote it, um, that mm. scene is literally Lethal Weapon. It's the end of Lethal Weapon. Mm. It's yeah. the end of Lethal Weapon, right? The, the cop the- car slides into the front yard, and Gary Busey and Lethal Weapon is standing in the middle, and him and Mel Gibson get into the fight on the front lawn. I mean, that's that's the right. end of Lethal Weapon, which is basically the exact same sequence here, where the cop slides in in his fade thing. But my, I digress. My point is, is that in that sequence, Dracula throws a stick of dynamite underneath the his the cop's. Uh, buddy's car and blows him up in like this really kind of dramatic horrendous thing there's a lot of death a lot of people dying in really horrible ways and it's very real so it's like there's all these kid plot moments and then there's like this real shit happening acted fairly well it just it was a it was really rough it was really tough to feel where i was it was so light in some areas and then really heavy in others yeah well I think this goes back to what I was saying when this is the perfect like PG thirteen. You movie. yeah you hit yes this, absolutely. This movie feels like it was it was written by it feels like it was written by grownups but grownups that had honestly that had the spirit of a thirteen year old boy like yeah. that's really it has so the whole movie has that kind of a logic where it was like like this movie and I think this is kind of what one of the appeals of it is like especially at the time when we were kids, my friends and I really loved it. And even now it actually has even maybe even, even deeper meaning because like, this is the kind of movie that like my friends and I would get together and imagine writing. We never would, we'd never, but we would like sit down and think, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if like, you know, there was Dracula and the Wolfman and like, and, 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 you know, and a bunch of kids who have to fight him and stuff like it has the, that kind of a spirit to it. Oh yeah, it's great. And Goonies is the is a perfect example. Like it has a Goonies vibe to it, right? Although I don't think some people have accused this of being like a ripoff of it. I don't think. Well, Fred Decker claimed he never saw it, and honestly, I believe him. I don't think this is meant to be like a ripoff of the Goonies. In fact, he said he was kind of like thinking it was more like Little Rascals meets Universal Monsters initially. Right. So, but but it is a very of course it's a totally logical connection to make because when it came out and everything. Um, but it's, but it's, it's very, it's different from Goonies. I mean, Goonies is much more of a family oriented adventure movie. And this is very much, like I said, a hard PG 13 eighties, you know, it's pretty violent. It's pretty dark and there's, you know, some questionable content, but it's, but it is, it's still, it straddles that line perfectly. Like, and, and it's, and it's, and it is a movie that, that I is truly, again, could only have been made in the eighties. And I think that is that's something else that I'm discovering as we're doing this podcast is, is just how unique these eighties movies were yes. because, because if you imagine, cause like imagine this be, movie being made today, there would be like this incredibly extensive backstory created to explain why the monsters come together. They'd obviously be some kind of like emotional thing that like Dracula, he's evil and he wants to get the monster together, but it's because his heart was broken or something. It would be, you know, they would like create this whole, it would be this big epic thing. And here's a movie that is 82 minutes long. It's short. <laughs> and, 
and it is I honestly I love every second of it. It is such a blast to watch and specifically because they don't go out of their way to overcomplicate it and they have a very uh, deep sincere understanding of the movie that they're trying to make and their hearts hearts are in the right place. They have that sort of 13-year-old kid spirit in the making of it, but it's made I think on a pretty great level. I mean, there's great production design. I think it's shot really well. The makeup and creature effects, which by the way, were done by Stan Winston, who is a fucking legend. I mean, incredible makeup. Yeah. That I wrote, I wrote down that one thing I wanted to talk to you about was the costume quality because I, I, I thought the casting and the costume quality was outstanding. I thought, the hell the what well, I call him the Gilla monster because it's just easier easier for me to say it. But the 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 little tadpole yeah. guy, Gilman, um, Gilman, yeah, his was amazing. <laughs> the you know the werewolf scenes were were really good. I love Wolfman was fucking awesome. Yeah, like yeah, Wolfman. Oh this uh, is like honestly, I think this might actually be my favorite cinematic Wolfman. Really? Like I think it's I do I think I mean uh, not my favorite like obviously like American Werewolf in London is like my favorite werewolf movie. But this Wolfman is like, when I think of Wolfman, I see this Wolfman. Like, and maybe it's just because I grew up with it, but like, I love this Wolfman. He's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, look, I think it's great. Played by, by the way, in human form, played by John Grease, Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Uncle Rico. Yeah, you took, okay. And can we, by the way, you kind of touched on it a little earlier, but I have to say there was another actor in this movie. When they came up, I was like, I yep. was shocked. Yep. And I think I'm we're sure, thinking of the same I think person. Probably, are we? I don't know. It has to do with the movie that we've done on the yeah, podcast already. It's Sinbad's, okay. Sinbad's, who, who Sinbad yes, was Larry. killing. Larry. Larry. Larry from Houseguest. Stan yeah. Shaw, yeah. who played Larry in Houseguest, is uh, the main, the sean's dad uh his partner yeah who tragically who family. tragically dies in the lethal weapon uh yes. the lethal weapon prequel uh on the front line but yeah as soon as i saw him i was like i wrote larry yeah I, larry. so did i i said there he is i wrote the exact same thing I down excited. i thought the cast was actually you know i was tra- we talked about it before we you know last week when we when we picked this movie um we said that the cast wasn't all that great, but then you look at it and like you got Uncle Rico, you have the older brother from Wonder Years, a really young. I don't even think Wonder Years was out at Jason this point. Harvey, yeah. But he he's he's on it. You've got um you've got the mom who put and I wrote down she's the Goonies mom. Yes, ironically. Mary, yeah, Mary Ellen Trainer. And she's in mom a lot of Goonies, stuff. So. She married Robert Zemeckis, who I I didn't know, but she was in a yeah. lot of movies. And she has this also very... Also in Lethal Weapon. Uh, Leith, yes, she was in Lethal Weapon. She, there was a couple other movies that I looked up, and I can't remember now. She was in a bunch of other movies that are kind of uh, bigger name movies. Um, yeah. But she was the Goonies mom of the, the group, and she's the Monster Squad uh, mom in this group. And she plays a wonderful mother. Iconic. She has, yeah, oh, she's great. She's like, right? she's, no, she's iconic, iconic movie mom. Yes, sure. yeah, very much yeah. an 80s mom in in the, like honestly i that's who i think of she's, when i think of a, yeah. a mother from the 1980s is, is she's her per- she's, she's perfect yeah she's perfect, she's perfect in that role but it was great and that was the other thing that i wrote down i thought the relationship between the father and the mother of you know that they show and how they're yes. going through i thought that was really believable like really it was great the guy oh my god the actor who plays the dad is phenomenal yeah like, he's, he's, great. he's so good he yes so good and amazingly right? so their relationship 
And it was, it was, I, I gotta say, it was oddly, I don't know, I think it was an odd choice. Again, it's back to what I said earlier where we were talking about is this a real movie or a kid's movie? Because it is a very real topic that yeah. he just yeah. openly says to his, again, middle school age son that yeah. he and his mom are going out and he's got to babysit and I'm you're thinking date and then he says we're going to a marriage counselor and yeah. then later that evening they get into a big fight about it and it's a very believable yeah. fight and yeah but uh, and here's here's the thing and it's and it's and this is like this is what this movie gets right and what a lot of genre movies don't again this goes back to the question of balance because it's knowing that really we only need because that's really we get a couple little hints but that's the only scene we really get of them fighting but that's all we need we just need him listening to that one little scene of them arguing and because those they're so good and so believable and what they're saying feels so real like that's all you need and all of a sudden it carries this big weight and impact throughout the movie you know you don't need to like explore a subplot like right. throughout a dozen scenes like no if you if you write it well and you know what you're doing as a director all you need is like one scene or even like one look between characters like i feel like this is one of the things that always bugs me in movies is is the writing is so like it's it's a lot of times these things are so overwritten right and they forget that all you really need is like one scene one exchange of of words one one look between characters to like right to cement an entire like subplotter arc and it's like and i love that about this that they they have that one little scene but in, but it actually it imbues it with a lot of more emotion and but it doesn't do but it doesn't do it in like a heavy-handed obvious way it's just you know it's it makes just makes the characters feel more real right so then you it's one of the it's one of the reasons why you can kind of overlook the absolute preposterousness of everything else that's happening. <laughs> well, yeah. it's all ridiculous. There's some moments in this movie where the vibe and the feel that I was getting was very much the room, the, the that movie, <laughs> the room. And I, I really? think, yes, like just the, the and, and not wow. in the acting and not in that, but just in the, it felt like, again, I'm talking about how it went from really lighthearted kid kind of movie to like yeah. really serious and like really intense and those just didn't jive and there's parts in the room where you mm. feel like you're watching an entire different movie or you're literally watching an entire different movie it doesn't make any sense <laughs> that movie is I such mean, a psychotic like break with reality fascinating movie um but yeah. but but i i got that vibe a couple times where it was like like all of a sudden it's one thing and then it's like we're, we go to, we just go to the next scene and you're like wait a second what what, what where did that why are, this is a totally different really? tone there's See, nothing it's, tied it's to it it's funny cuz cuz i yeah, I, don't, I don't get i didn't get that at all really for me i guess i just it all this movie made total sense to me i don't know i, I was it made like total it sense just made total sense okay i mean right. there oh my god no there's like i mean yeah like i said there's a ton of of plot holes and and it, it's all ridiculous but I mean, I really like part of the thing that makes it work. Obviously, is the kids. I think the kids are great. They are um, fantastic. The main kid, yes, he is Andre Gower. He is insane. But the thing that is He's so great. funny about it to me is that the whole time I'm listening to him and the way he's acting, I I'm listening to him. He sounds like he's 25, and it's like <laughs> there are moments where he's the yeah. way he's talking and what he's saying is like. 
really old. Like I'm like the dialogue is really old, and I'm like, but then I'm yeah. like, this kid's eleven. Like what the? Heck? And I feel that yeah. way. The same thing about the four year old daughter who's like just or oh my uh, sister. Who Fiji. She's, yeah, she says a bunch of stuff that I'm like. You know, you're just like, wow, that's. Oh, it's... I have to say, and this uh, bring, speaking of Phoebe, who who is you know just gets like stupidly adorable in this movie, but yes, she absolutely adorable. She, <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. But she like her. Well, the first time we see her, and I think this is definitely one of the many things that where this movie's um this movie's eighties are showing is when we are introduced to her by just randomly walking up to her brother and his friends walking home from school. And he's, and they're like, Oh, it's Phoebe. Like, like this, she is like, like she's seriously four years old. Like I don't, I, I, I don't have the exact information in front of me, but I can't imagine that she is any older than four. And she is apparently wandering around, wandering the streets, unsupervised. Yes. Wandering the streets. But this is the eighties. Exactly. I was like, that's 80s. I mean, yeah. Send the kids out and let them be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially. And also because there's another friend of theirs who's part of the gang, Eugene, who I Eugene is he's simply too young to be hanging out with these kids. He's just simply just. He is too small to be fighting monsters. I'm sorry. I'm I am con- I'm concerned for Eugene. I don't know what's happening at home, but like, no, what his dad is is uh, yes. <laughs> he tried to his dad in the scene where he tries to rid, help him rid his closet of monsters is totally unaware that there is a, mu- a mu- actually is a mummy in his closet. Right. But um, so he is. I guess his parents are just totally oblivious. But again, I felt, I felt bad for Eugene. Matt, somehow <laughs> there is a mummy in his. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, Again. there is a mummy in his closet. This mummy came out yeah, of the museum, nope. like was walking with a limp at a pace of like one and a half miles an hour, and then just ah. randomly is all of a sudden in this kid's closet. Like it's just like why? Yeah. And then he leaves immediately. Oh. He leaves. He goes out the of window course. immediately. Like as if like I don't yeah. get what was going on there. He just wandered. He wandered into his closet. I mean, just you know, totally normal. Like that is you know. that. That's what I'm talking about with the room. Like it's just like it just wanders off, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna go join Dracula, and then the next scene, he's just in a closet inexplicably, and then just doesn't do anything, just leaves out the window. Yeah, I guess I. I mean, of of course. Listen, there's no. I cannot. That scene is indefensible. Like I can't. (laughs) I can't explain it. There's nothing I can come up with to defend that scene. All I can say is that it is. It's it's executed and performed like the guy who actually plays oh. the kid's dad is so yes. good. And yes. it's, it's done so sincerely and so well that like I just don't question it. It's like, OK, yeah, this is a funny beat. Like, yeah. and that's why this scene exists. You yes. kind of like if it's done well enough, you don't really need the logic. Right. Which is like because so many movies, I think maybe they put too much focus on logic and story. And then it just it, it everything just kind of goes you know, by the numbers and it's, and then this one just kind of like, is just meant to be a blast to watch. I, and it I, is. And I, yeah, if and, and you go with it, I think it's very, I do it's I, super entertaining. Leave your brain at the, at the door. But I, I, yes, absolutely. This is a leave your brain at the door picture. But back to what you were saying is that kid, Eugene is, is too young. But the funny thing about yeah. Eugene is Eugene can only say three word sentences evidently, but he looks <laughs> significantly older than Phoebe, who speaks I mean, in paragraphs, and like <laughs> it, it's like 
again, it just throws the living shit out of me because Phoebe is out there well, giving soliloquies and monologues of, of epic proportion. And, and here comes Eugene. In German. In, yeah, in German. German. And here comes Eugene. <laughs> Who can only say things in like three word haikus, listen, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Well, listen, we're all Phoebe. I get Phoebe is a prodigy. Eugene is, you know, Eugene's saying he's trying. Listen, he don't knock Eugene because he does get the army to come by yes. writing his letter that says, yes. I, and I that says, and I quote, "Dear army guys, come quick! There are monsters, Eugene," <laughs> and then they come. The which, army comes. Which, okay? which, which, I don't, is, they actually come. Oh, is that that's a joke on the army? I don't get like that they would actually I mean, deploy. I, it's like that's oh. <laughs> that's the movie right there. Like honestly, that does this sum is up the, kind the of movie. movie. Because that's literally the end of the movie. I mean, like, what kind of, I mean, this is like, I mean, really, what kind of a world were we living in in 1987 when the army (laughs) responds to a letter written in crayon by a child (laughs) in suburban America that there are monsters, please come quick, and then they respond, taking up, like, millions of dollars in resources. And basically, the best part, the best part is that the general guy comes in, I mean, not, they don't just show up. They show up in full force, army gear, hard hats, <laughs> or hard hats, helmets, full formation. Helmet, oh, full formation, and the guy shows up with a, like the just stereotypical half cigar in his mouth. Yeah, he looks yeah. like a he looks like a, a an American so John Cleese, and he's like, so, <laughs> and yeah. and he comes up and he goes, so what's going on here? You know, where, 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 where do I go? What do you need? I'm here. You know, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it's this like, just, just, oh my God. It's just so, so absurd and comical that they're, that they're there. Um, I do want to say, um, there, there were some parts here that, that, that definitely didn't hold up. And I think we need to point them out because the, the, the ones oh, yes. that like just did not hold up at all. I'm going to say in the first opening scene with the kid, uh, hazing, teasing. This is uh, the Wonder Years brother. Oh yes, using. Yes. I'm not even going to say the word because nowadays oh, you yeah, don't no, say I, that word. But the f word exactly with regard to uh, with regard to uh, gay people, um, he uses this like repeatedly, and that is clearly a sign of the times. Doesn't hold up yeah. at all because yeah, that, that no, would but it's not also fly. like don't. I'm also like, don't edit it out. Like, well, that's not, how now. People talk. not now, not you now, and no, yeah, no. In any any movie, any movie, if it's, you're going to yeah. do something of the time and that's the language, you put it in. In the same way, you use the N word in movies yeah. to to, to sure. are of historical value. So yeah, but um, yeah, and this no, is clearly of historical value. Red we flag. want this. big red flag. <laughs> yes, yes. So sure. that one, that one was a big red flag. The other one that didn't hold up is using a nude photo of a 16 year old girl as blackmail to get her <laughs> yes, to admit that she's a virgin like that unconsensual <laughs> that, nudes yes yes, yes. Uh, and i love yeah. the, the way they try to hide it as if it wasn't per- like so frankenstein accidentally takes the picture the nude photo oh. of huh. of the woman again they didn't show the boobs in this one but no they but they PG-13. but they were certainly like insinuating that the boobs were there and uh, oh, and yeah. so they um, 
take the photo. Frankenstein takes the photo so they can at least plausibly go, well, they didn't actually take that photo. But you have to remember, there was a camera set up in no, the fort facing exactly where this was. So, like, yes. they are yeah. clearly no. doing this, right? That was definitely definitely not cool. Yeah, uh, yeah no. That yeah. was de- that, that one. Was, that I was, was like, like the yeah, eighties, like yeah, not Very not 80s, cool, um, not cool, not, not cool. cool. But but I will say, I'm there with you. One the the part that I laughed out loud though is that the whole premise is is that in order to, this this is so ridiculous. In order to 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 to, to in order to allow the amulet to be rechristened or or recalibrated or whatever it is, this German. Yes phrase that has to be spoken out loud by a by a female virgin and so they get they get this girl through blackmail with a nude photo to do it and then the sister of one of the kids correct and so they they she gets done repeating all of the stuff in german and they all stand around like where's the where's the portal what what happened here what what's going on yeah and then he he goes, the scary German goes, "Are you absolutely sure that she is a virgin?" And and <laughs> his brother, and she goes, she just gives this kind of shrug, and he goes, she goes, "Yeah, well, there was Scott, but Scott doesn't count." And he goes, "Doesn't count?" Doesn't count. Yeah, it was like <laughs> yes. it, that part made me laugh so hard, uh, and it was again yes. great acting. By yeah. the kid, they like the kid seemed genuinely shocked and frustrated. It was so, yes. so great. Um, oh yeah, no, I thought that yeah, the kids were great. I thought my favorite. Well, I do. Rudy was fucking rad. Like he was so cool. Oh, Rudy yes. was so cool. I remember when I was a kid, man. It was like there was him and uh, Josh Hartnett in the faculty. Those were the two characters I wanted to be more than I was like, oh, yeah, he like Rudy is so cool. And he has like all the best lines. And, you know, I love the scene in the beginning when uh, Horace, who I'll get to, who is probably my favorite character, um, is getting picked on by the homophobic, you know, Wonder Years kid. And (laughs) and Rudy comes up and makes him eat the, the candy bar that he squashed. And like, oh, it's so it's such a satisfying moment. And it's like. I was like, oh, I love that part. Yeah, no, it's but, a great, um, it's a great scene. And then, and then yeah. the, the end of the movie, Rudy is a badass. Rudy mm-hmm. literally walks the three female vampires who are walking, just very some, slowly, very slowly, so, like so slow, comically so slowly. slowly, like yeah, <laughs> comically slowly. Um, and just, yet they still manage to get their somehow hands he gets his the, Yeah, I don't get it, Rudy. For all the badassness, like. It, it, it just stands in the center of the road and just like they just you know slow walk to it like it, the mummy was moving faster the than those dragons. Club, yes, yes, great line. Walks over there with his with his uh, you know with his fifth you know four foot long stakes that he's going to use in with a bow and arrow. Just great, just absolutely. He yeah. he he single handedly like kills the mummy. He kills the two vampires. He kills the werewolf kills the man. Um, yeah, yeah, and and you know, it, so he he just he was single handedly just taking out people, every, you know, left, right, and center, and so yeah, Rudy, total badass. Although he movie. although he did blackmail Patrick's sister with Rudy has a very Rudy is a complicated <laughs> character because Rudy yeah. sticks up for for uh, 
what's his name? Houset, whatever his name Horace. is. Horace, yeah. Sticks up for Horace, makes the homophobic uh, kid eat the thing in this very satisfying moment. Then he goes and yeah. blackmails a 16-year-old girl with a nude photo to <laughs> have her do, read something. And then redeems but himself by killing all the, all the, the, the Dracula and the werewolf and, and everything else. So he's, he is a, he's a yes. complicated character, but lovely to, to watch. It's true. Also, I mean, I mean, super cool, but also kind of questionable as to. I am curious as to why he's so desperate to be in the Monster Club. I mean, yes. he's a pretty cool teenager, and these kids are like quite younger than him. I mean, it you get, know. I get so the feeling that he's like someone who just graduated from middle school and went to high school and is not fitting <laughs> in, so he keeps coming back to middle school, yeah. and now he's the old kid at, in, in middle school. Yeah, I think that's right. That's, I mean, that's kind of the vibe that he's yeah. getting. That that I'm getting, yeah. but um, but super cool, like just yeah. really really cool. Can we talk about yeah. the fort? That may be the coolest fort. Fort. That the fort. The fort, with a T. Fort. Oh, the, the fort. fort. The yes. fort. Of right? course. I the think it's. House. I yeah, the treehouse. Sorry, that would have been more indicative and less hard to understand. <laughs> but the the I thought. That I think that is um, just an amazing treehouse and 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 fort. Oh, yeah. It was just an amazing thing that th- I thought it was one of the best ones I've ever seen. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. I okay. wish I had that treehouse. Yeah. No, sure. it, was, it was an excellent. Yeah, and, and, and also, and also, I mean, can we just say like, I don't know what was um, supporting that thing, but the fact that it could hold Frankenstein's monster, who oh, yeah. is like the yeah. most enormous thing that's ever existed, was pretty. Impressive. So that thing was well fortified, and um, they don't, and they don't but, obviously uh, don't explain how Frankenstein's monsters gets in there. I mean, oh, not yeah. only no, hold it, but it's, that's it, a whole that's a whole sequence in and of itself. They probably just cut out. You see it from outside. It's like the Harry Potter like uh, expandable like tent type of situation where it's like the inside is far right. larger than the outside, and somehow all of these yeah. people fit in there very comfortably. But on the outside, it's like, yeah. like five square feet of space in there. It's but, true. I don't know. I don't know how they all actually fit in there, but yes, I agree. Very cool treehouse. But um, I did. I loved Tom Noonan, who plays Frankenstein's monster, is amazing. Great. Wonderful. Um, he's yeah, he's an amazing actor. He's been in a lot of things. He was in um, uh, Manhunter, which was the original, the first actually um, version of Red Dragon, the Hannibal Lecter story where Brian Cox actually played Hannibal Lecter before Silence of the Lambs, but he played the killer in that. And he was, he played the Ripper in Last Action Hero, which is a favorite of mine. And he's been in a lot of stuff recently. Like he's a great character actor. He was in this movie, Synecdoche, New York, which is really great, but he's, he's amazing. And I thought like he did such a great job in that part and the makeup was great, but he was like, I thought such a, he was a major, definitely a highlight of the movie. Um, enormous too. I mean, especially with those lifts, the shot of him with Phoebe is so right. absurd. She doesn't even come up to his waist. Like right. it's, it's like, it's ludicrous how enormous he is. Yeah. And I just feel like there's, there's a lot of shots with him. Like there's the shot, the ET shot or what I call the ET shot with the, with mm. the crew walking down the street with the lights. Yes. Yeah, the sun's going right. down. Sun's going yeah. down and, mm-hmm. and he's walking and he's yeah. like eight foot tall with them. Like that, that very, you know, all of that was just very, um, very well shut shot, but again, it just feels yeah. like it felt like there were scenes like again to the beginning where like we need a we need a mansion with a swamp and we need this mm-hmm. and we need that and someone just says we should do that shot because it's just a cool shot so they just put that shot yeah. in and there's really no like we'll just do that shot because it's neat um, yeah 
you know. There were a lot of funny. I thought the comedic timing in this movie was really good. Like for oh, yeah. for you know, I didn't expect that. Like I wrote down a lot of lines that I thought were really funny. There was like when they're trying to find the virgin and the lead character walks into school and sits down next to Rudy and yeah. just a great spit take and yeah. he's like, "Hey Rudy." And he's like, "Hey." And he goes, no any virgins and it just like and just it just sprays out yeah. of it. Yeah. Oh, it's just perfect Classic. timing with it. The Nards werewolf has Nards. Okay. You know, yeah, we got to talk about we got to we got to talk about the the kids kind of bizarre obsession with the wolfman's genitalia, yeah. which kind of seems to actually start before they even encounter the wolfman when they're talking about him, you know, his wolf dork and right. they seem to be preoccupied with the wolfman's genitalia. But they, I guess they do, yeah, they they get confirmation and one what is for sure one of the classic lines of dialogue from my childhood, Wolfman's got nards. I mean, Wolfman's yeah, that's like nards. that is I mean, to me that's a line like that's definitely if you know that line of dialogue, we're cool. We can be friends. Like if you know that, like it then we're good. Like that's a that's a definitely a big indicator of of coolness in my book personally. Yeah. What so what's that character's name? Which House, one? House it. What's the, the freaking H name? The chorus. Chorus. Thank you. God Almighty. Or or I mean, or he's cruelly nicknamed Fat Kid. They also okay. call him that. Which, but by the way, he's my favorite character. I I thought he was so. He had like all the best lines. I and think. he's like, I was just about to say, Horace is like he he's like neurotic. But in this, like, yes. like he's like in a neurotic New York, like stand-up comedian type way. Like he's just like <laughs> he's standing on the sidelines. Why are we doing that? You know, like it, he's just like, why don't we sit back oh, here and do this? He's it's got a- he's got so many of the best lines. One of my favorite lines, and it was so simple and stupid, but it's when Sean is saying we're the Monster Squad, and he just goes, "What's the squad?" Right. I don't know why right. that right. made me laugh so hard. It's just like so simple. Or when he's like. When he's he's saying we you know we should we could be we should be nature club instead you know we right. could collect rocks and look at birds not be dead right <laughs> like, yeah he's just like so... wandering behind like throwing out all these like things it's very similar to uh, Galecki in Christmas Vacation when um when oh, yeah. when uh, Chevy Chase asks him to check all the lights and he goes whoa look at the time i gotta go do this i gotta do this i gotta do <laughs> yeah. this and he's walking off you just kind of hear yeah. horace trailing off just naming all of these different clubs that they could be in so that they <laughs> yeah. don't have to go in here to this this louisiana mansion um yeah but um <laughs> and he also and, and he had i have to say his line when he when because you know he kills the gill man and then when he says my name is horace right that's yeah. another classic moment he cocks the shotgun are you kidding me like fuck yeah yeah no he's he's yeah no he's got a great great storyline and i and i think he's funny he's got a lot of great very, lines and him. very sad not to bring it down but tragically he passed away pretty young actually he never at like 22 like 10, right 23 yeah or like, like 10 years after the movie he yeah. died of pneumonia and he never really got to see the movie become the cult classic because it truly is like yeah this movie has a huge cult audience. I, mean, I read I'm definitely my friends and I are among it, and but it's it's a huge audience. I read that they that for a while like Michael Bay was like slotted to do a remake of this. Did I read that correctly? That, I mean, I I would I would buy it. That's I mean that's gross to me, but like you know yeah but yeah no I believe it. It's I mean it, it's, it's not a, happening. It's a great but... fucking movie. They were going to redo God. it, but um, um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, 
is because, mm. and they 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 imply this, but I don't know enough about the old movie history. So the scary German guy, right? Yes. He, you Why know, you he, yeah, and he's um, in the opening scene where you see him and he's offering them pie and he's reading Van Helsing's journal and they're going through all this stuff. At the end of which, they turn to him in the doorway and they say, gee, mister, you really know a lot about monsters. And I feel like there's like an inside joke there. Is Was he in like a really famous, like he looks very familiar to me as like a monster person. Well, Was he in one that they're well, like kind of breaking the third wall and kind of suggesting uh, fourth wall, not well, third wall? Um, well, no, did, did you did you not see it? Because he, because you're right. He says you sure know a lot about monsters. And he goes, you know, I, you know, I suppose I do. Right. And then he closes the door, but you didn't see on his arm. Well, yeah, I saw that. that he it had was, a, it was that. Yeah, like, he had a. Ta- it's a con- It's a concentration, concentration camp. camp. Right. Yeah. But is that all they're referencing? Yeah. 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 It was just okay. that. Yeah. He was. He's. You know. He said, "I do." Like he's experienced real evil. You know. So like that was. Yeah. Which I thought was a really cool kind of just thrown away detail that you know they didn't get into too much but they didn't have to because like just that one detail was like oh wow yeah it, like suddenly again like that's just that's great writing right well, that's, that, like, that's the character one... that the actor doesn't yeah it's have just... that. no no i mean i don't think i mean not to my knowledge i don't think he was in like a any famous monster movies necessarily and he wasn't in a um, concentration camp that wasn't that was a that was a character thing that, it, that oh and you mean in real life i don't i mean i don't know i i think it was just a character choice yeah okay i just get yeah. the feeling that there's something there like it, the line doesn't like gee yeah. guy, like it feels like they're trying to like because oh. he didn't do anything in that he didn't do anything in that scene that would would make you think that he knows a lot of, like it feels like a, a a line that they're trying to suggest that there's more to it that you should know like i i, I that or at least that's what it felt like to me well you know it's, well, it's funny you say that because yeah i think as a kid i felt the same way watching it but like now i think yeah it was just meant to be just kind of something to kind of deepen his character that like, because he's trying to help them battle evil and he is faced like real evil in the world. And I think it's just meant to add another layer to his character, but he definitely seems like, cause I mean, I guess for all intents and purposes, he's kind of like the Van Helsing there. He's like their Van Helsing, right. which is like very German guy for me is like a character that is so like, you always need that character in these movies. You need the character who's like the old wise expert who knows right. what you're dealing with to kind of help the, the, the other, the main characters. And I really liked him a lot. And I, and I like the fact that he just, he, he seems scary, but he actually is just like super nice and really does want right. to just help them. And, and I, He's and, the yeah, Obi-Wan no, and I, Kenobi. I would like to see, I would like to see a, yeah, exactly. I would like to see a whole movie about scary German guy. He's probably got a great story. He sure. probably does have a great story. Uh, you know, and yeah. you know, the, um, spin-offs. yeah, definitely. You could run a whole, a whole bunch of spinoffs on, on uh, with him. I thought that the character was, was really good too. And, and, um, and you know, just the movie was, was, was really good. I wanted to say the ending, the ending to me was, was, was so great with um with Van Helsing grabbing coming out of nowhere somehow somehow yeah. <laughs> somehow inexplicably Van Helsing is back I, I like out he's of He's in limbo. He was in limbo but now is because yeah. they've opened up the portal he can come in and and he yeah. grabs Dracula and pulls him out but the best part was is that as he's getting pulled out he just gives this cheesy thumbs up 
Um, yeah. They they share thumbs up as he's pulling Dracula into a black hole portal, which just made me laugh. I was just like, okay, thumbs yeah. up. But so the the thumbs okay. up is universal, yeah. evidently. And then um, yeah. the best part is that the end of the movie, they finish it with this is just a classic eighties thing with a mm. monster rap. Which, oh fuck yeah! Which was written by I had to look it up. Michael Simbello, who wrote, um, famously wrote, uh, Maniac for Flashdance. Um, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. Michael Simbello, I looked this up. Uh, wrote, uh, wrote Maniac for Flashdance, and then came into the Monster Squad. Wrote oh, a bunch of other. Oh, and he did the things. other song, the the other montage song, which this movie has like one of my maybe my favorite eighties montage of mm. all time. When they're making like the the silver bullets and like the stakes and like oh, yeah. the, the all that shit, like that was what I mean. God, when I was a kid, that was like we would get so pumped up when that scene came on. It was awesome. Um, yeah, great, <laughs> great, great montage, great montage. Um, other funny things. There's a lot of funny things that I said, like um, that I wrote down, like uh, the German, scary German at one point, like it's at a critical moment, and he just kind of goes. Maybe we should go and just get pie. Does anyone want to go? Let's go get pie. And it's like, should we just go back to my house yeah. and get some pie? It's like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, what is going I, on here? Yeah. <laughs> I like, I mean, I think maybe this is kind of just a, a broad question, but why is Dracula British? <laughs> well, why? I mean, what? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Why That's not? Just a thought. Why not? I guess so. I mean, yeah, and this it's, is the classic. This just, is the classic seventy eighties thing where all the villains are are British. It's just I mean, like that's that's, true. that's what all you do. All Nazis are British. All Nazis yeah. are British. All the stormtroopers were British. Are all British. the Roman soldiers are British. Everybody who's a big, you know, they're all British. That's that's just what you do. Yeah. I, although I did, I like the guy Duncan Rieger, the guy who played Dracula. I thought he did a great job. Great he Dracula. Dracula. He was, yeah, he was a good, he was a good, like, I mean, it's a good contrast to, like, you know, Gary Oldman's Dracula is my my personal favorite, but that's, like, a diff, it's a totally different, that's, like, a very, like, actually, like, complex Dracula, whereas this is just, like, a, you know, like, absolute, like, just movie version, like, even more so than the original Dracula. This is just, like, a movie, like, where he's, play, he's playing the idea of Dracula, He's not actually playing Dracula. He's just playing like what our kind of conception of him right. like culturally is, I think. And I, I like the fact that I feel like they kind of just went with that. And the actor who played it didn't didn't seem to need to like overcomplicate. It was just like, oh, yeah, I'm playing Dracula. Like, I get it. Right. I got it. And I thought, yeah, I thought you did a good job. Yeah, I thought it was great. All right, Matt. So let's let's say it. What 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 say you? I think, you know, what we I mean, say. If it's if it's not clear by now, then I don't. You haven't been listening. Oh, for me, this movie holds up. I mean, one million percent. Yeah, I, I, this movie. I I mean, if we're talking, especially if we're talking again, eighties like PG thirteen movies. This is like it's a must watch. Like it's just to me, it's just like it's a no brainer. Monster Squad is fucking rad, and if you don't agree then i just don't know what to do with you i don't know i don't have to say i actually i'm gonna say it holds up too i'm gonna say it holds up because i was i was worried well i i mean i was worried too i was very worried but but i think as we've talked about this at length i i think that 
it is surprisingly good and it is so the plot is so <laughs> it's so swiss yeah. cheesy that um, oh, yeah. that it's... that that it becomes less of an issue it's like yeah. it's the bed of nails theory <laughs> there's just you know there's so many <laughs> there's so many that you just kind of like well who gives a fuck it it's it's just it's fine yeah. whatever it doesn't matter um so yeah, yeah. I, i'd say it holds up and honestly i would say that everybody that 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 if you have kids of a you know 12 13 you know, a ten to thirteen year old range. I I think it's something that they you could watch now and it would be interesting. Yeah. I, I I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, it's for what still, it, and it's still yeah. yeah it's it's super entertaining and it's the the laughs still work for me except for a couple of the offensive eighties things. But like the the you know it's still funny. It, all the beats still work. I still think it's awesome. Like there are certain moments where I still like like I said it scratches that itch for me of like this kind of nostalgic eighties movie in a way that like, you know, even like, I don't know, like I love the Goonies and of course we'll get to the Goonies at some point, but I don't know this one. Like it's, it's, I actually might like this better than Goonies, which I know will horrify people, but I have have some thoughts on Goonies. Okay. Well, listen, I love Goonies. I have complicated thoughts about it though, but as how the hell do you have complicated thoughts about the Goonies? How, what 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 is complicated about want, the Goonies? I don't want to say anything because we'll, we will get to that movie. Why don't you just I, you just say it? Just just tell I me. Think, just don't. Listen, uh, okay. First of all, first of all, I want to make it clear: Goonies never say die. Okay, so okay. I am not. I love the Goonies. I am not saying I don't. I pledge myself forever. I am a Goonie ride or die always. Right. But this movie just it has it has an edge to it that I really like. And I don't know, like as much as I love the Goonies, it doesn't like, I don't know. This movie's cooler. I think this movie, I think these, these characters, this yeah. movie's cooler than the Goonies. Oh, well, and I do I say the it, Goonies has a, the Goonies, uh, <laughs> the Goonies doesn't have plot holes like this, which, which, it, but, but, but this one is, I will say this one is much edgier than the Goonies. The, yeah. Yeah. Like the Goonies tries yeah. to do that with, with, with the, the Finellis or whatever they are, the 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 old ones, yeah, the Fratellis. They they yeah. they try to do that with them, but I would say that Dracula but, particularly is a much 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 more scary yeah, well, villain. And it's it's also a very different movie. Like, listen, like I I, I don't want to go down. Like, I I love the fucking Goonies. Like, okay, I just want to make that clear. Like, I am not like I fucking love that movie. And talk about like video store movies from my childhood i mean gee, listen i re- i remember renting the goonies when the scene with the octopus was still in, in the movie in, yeah yeah still in the movie from blockbuster yes so don't even talk to me about like i yes. love the goonies. why did the octopus but get taken out i don't that's a good that's a good question i, we, I don't we, know we, let's, I, we'll table that for when we do the goonies but yeah, i would we'll, like to yeah, know we'll, that because the original has the yeah. octopus and i don't i yeah. don't know why they cut it and then random copies of it in video stores had it because I for sure saw right. it. On a, I remember watching it on yes. a copy I rented one time. But yeah, but so yeah no, but yeah. that's a whole discussion. But but no, I think this one it just I think it, it yeah it just is it's I like the edginess of it. Um, I respond to that more. It just it just is more entertaining for me. And and yeah, and I just and I like and you know I think a big part of it is truly just 
the fact that I would watch this movie with my friends like every year on my birthday around Halloween. And it was just it was just always so exciting because it was like that was the time of year. That was the one time of year we watched Monster Squad because, you know, until like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, 15 years ago, maybe you couldn't get this on DVD. So you, all you could do, only way you could watch it was to rent it from the video store. Right. So that was like that was how we got to it. Was, so it was an event like it was an event right. that we on, on my on like around Halloween every year we would rent Monster Squad and get to watch it. So it was like a really special thing. So this movie is. Yeah, this is a very special movie in my childhood for sure. Like this is the first one, definitely the first one that we've done that I would put in that category of like this movie is very meaningful to me for sure. Yeah, we haven't hit one for me yet. I mean, unless we watch some World Wrestling Federation movies because those were what I typically <laughs> we, we yeah, well, Matt, you have to remember we I, I watched most of these movies with you. It's just there it's there true. there are some that uh well, actually, Matt, I would say all the movies we watched together, the the things that I that I yeah, we need to watch like SummerSlam 1991 or something like that, and, and, and <laughs> see whether or not Sid Vicious and and Lex, all those people, uh, Sid Vicious, Sid Vicious, he was a wrestler, and 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 uh, was he a wrestler? I thought he was from Sex Pistols. Yeah, well, there's. I think. That, well, maybe I'm. <laughs> maybe it's a play on Sid Vicious that oh, they did. Okay, since we're on this subject, I need to retroactively mention something we didn't talk about when we did Major Pain. Okay. That there was a name in that cast list that I had not seen since our years as young boys watching wrestling, and that is Bam Bam Bigelow, <laughs> who played <laughs> the biker who they hired to come fight Major Pain. All in that right. Movie. <laughs> so go. I just felt like I had to mention that. Because I was like, oh, in. shit, Bam Bam Bigelow. Wow. I have not seen that name in, like, 20 years at least. Yeah. We got to pick the next movie. Um, yes. What is it at now, Matt? Where are we Okay. On the okay. list. So, after last week, last week's like embar- truly embarrassing <laughs> conversation about how absurdly long the list was, yes. I did cut it down. I don't remember what it was at. I remember it was at something absurd. Six hundred and seventy something. Okay. Well, it's. I mean, I I've cut it. I've definitely cut it down. I don't know. It's it's probably still absurd, but I've cut it down to five hundred and thirty-eight. Oh, all right. All right, I'm which okay, is five thirty-eight. I, I wonder like, if you cut I out one hundred and forty. That's that's yeah, right. yeah. I, I I got I got ruthless with it, and I went through it with a fine tooth comb, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, ruthless. fine tooth, the, yes, the, fine tooth that's still left. Five hundred and thirty-eight yeah. movies. Yeah. Okay, dude. But for, but honestly, but Jeff, for real, like I okay, I I want to I do I should probably get into this a little bit that the reason I the way I'm able to come up with this list is there's a website called Letterbox, which I know. We don't have we don't have sponsors, but I feel like if we if we mention I don't really know how podcasts work, but I feel like if we mention companies, they'll become sponsors, right? Like that's how it works. That's kind right? of how it works. So, so so anyway, on you know Disney Plus, there's a really <laughs> great show that just started streaming, and it's phenomenal. That, okay, anyway, uh, so um, I'm so, enjoying okay, so my my like, very nice Coca Cola right now uh, as I, know, I listen right? to you speaking. I'm gonna follow it up with a nice juicy Big Mac as soon as I'm done from McDonald's. Um, anyway, Letterboxd, and this is—I'll plug them because they're awesome, and I don't care if they're a sponsor. But there's a great social media site for movie lovers, and I because it's—I mean, basically, it's the site that was made for people like me, which is to say, obsessive compulsive movie obsessed people. So, like, I actually went on there. 
and I think I showed you this before, but I made yeah. a list of all the movies that we saw in the theater growing up because I can go through, cause this movie, this website has every movie that's ever been released. So you can go year by year. And I literally went year by year and was like, okay, we saw that one, saw that one, saw that one. And I, and I'm, I know this list seems ridiculous, but truly like you, you'd have no idea how many movies we actually like oh, saw I, in the theater in our lives. Oh, like it's absurd. It's truly absurd. Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of this because as I talk to people, about you know the podcast and they're like this and that and I was mentioning to somebody about uh after we had laughed about it last week and and how many movies yeah. it was I mentioned to somebody how how it was getting up there and and they said how many movies is it's like 670 and they're like that's absurd and I go that's <laughs> not even close to what the movies we watched uh, they're like no and I'm like yeah yes and I think to myself now Matt and I go I couldn't. I don't know that I can watch 670 movies. I don't know that I can do this again. Like it's, it's just a lot of I movies. Know, I know. I mean, it's just a I lot know. of movies. Um, all right, it but we, but we digress. But, so five. But, but I have to say, you know what? You know what I find weird is that there are people that I encounter in my life. Have you ever met these people who are like, oh yeah, oh my god, I love that movie so much. I watched it twice. Right. And when right. when they say that, I just go, oh, you fucking. Are you kidding me? Like right. that's so funny. You you love you like, love this that, movie. Yeah. Clearly, you like don't I've know seen Monster Squad at least like twenty times, at least. All right, so we got yeah. five hundred and thirty-two. You said thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Five hundred thirty-eight. Okay, that changes my my pick. All right. Oh yeah, totally, totally changes it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, fourteen. Nice from the top. Let's see. Ooh, this is a good one. Okay. Number 14 is Aliens. <laughs> aliens. The one and only Aliens, directed by James Cameron, 1986, oh. sequel to Ridley Scott's Matt. masterpiece, Alien. Oh, so it's the second this, one. Uh, this is the second one. I am not. What, what? I don't like scary movies. Uh, oh. Oh, I'm so. Oh, see, I I saw that and I was like, oh fuck yeah! Like this is to me, this is one of those that that I put on and I was like, oh well, this is just going to be you know not does it hold up, but why it holds up basically. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm certain that it's going to be that. I'm certain that it's going to be that. It's just I'm I'm. Oh. Whew, okay. All right. Oh, so <laughs> okay. Good. I'm excited. I'm oh, glad. Man. I'm glad you're excited. I, I'm not. This is not me saying I don't like the movie. It's just I'm. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, this will be this will be good because this is a this is it's a big one from are you certainly a huge movie of the eighties, but also it'll get us into a conversation about sequels, I think, because yes. this is truly one of the you know, in in terms of sequels, this is high up there. And I think I'm I'm looking forward to having a discussion about that because that's an interesting topic to get into as sequels. I agree, and, and whether they live up the and what are they going to do and, yes. and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I I I agree with you, and I think. But see, I'm going to have to. God, I'm probably going to if we're going to get into a sequel talk, I'm going to have to watch Alien One because I I don't remember all that much <laughs> well, about Alien One. I should say Alien One. I, I, I'm, I, I'm just showing you how ignorant I am about this movie franchise because I know it's Alien and then Aliens, but I'm calling it Alien I One mean, and Alien Two. But. To, be, to be totally honest, you don't really need to watch the first one, but I will say that Alien, Ridley Scott's Alien, is one of the 
most perfect films ever made. One of my favorite movies of all time. But I have so many not... questions about this. I'm I'm glad we're going to talk about it next week um, because I have all these questions about like Ridley Scott and James Cameron and all this stuff. So, but well, we're going to save oh, it until next a, week. It's going to yeah, it'll be a lively discussion for sure. I've definitely got thoughts on all of it. All right. So, well, Matt, it's going to be a good one. Matt, this is this has been a. This has been a good one. I liked. I like. This was a good movie to talk about. There was a lot to talk about, and and it was a blast. I I definitely this was this was a trip down memory lane for me, and it was nice to share it with you. Um, I felt it felt like uh, I've had many sense memory uh, flashes of walking into Blockbuster Video as young people with you. God, Blockbuster! uh, I'm thinking Take Two. Or fuck! Wow, you're going way back. I'm going okay. way back. You're take going two. OG, OG, take take OG. two. Holy crap! I can see that store. I can see that store. Like it's as clear as day. That store. Yes. You walk oh in the center Very... counter. Then there was this like yep. octagon like area in the center. I yes. even can remember where the movies were because all the world wrestling stuff the kids, was all around the, the thing. section was in the very back. Yep, yep. They had a I remember they sold popcorn by these huge bags. They had a Simon says yes. game oh that God. like mom would let me play every time I would th- there yes. and as we're checking out and I would get this memory Simon say thing and I would just sit there and play at that. You know what my my overriding memory of Take Two video is going there one time with you and our two older brothers and yeah. one of our older brothers would uh he would, Who? Who is I this remember Todd or I remember him com- I think this this was Christian. Okay. He and he would he would come up to me to try to get me to rent r-rated movies because i guess and he was like so he would i remember him coming up to me and showing me a copy of midnight run and going this is matt this is peter pan let's rent look it's peter pan let's can we rent this and i and i still i'm not kidding i remember this and i knew and i i mean obviously i remember it to this day very clearly that it was midnight run that he was showing me (laughs) but such a naive child was i that if my older brother came up to me and showed me something that, and surely I could read. So I was looking right. at this thing going, and he was like, but it's Peter Pan. It's like, no, I know it looks different, but it's Peter Pan. And I'm like, I don't know. Well, maybe. maybe. Is Matt, it? Really? Matt. Is this Peter Pan? Like, well, first of so, all, Matt, I do have to say, you, you to this, were... you this were... day, listen, <laughs> listen, when I when I, I was so disappointed because I went to watch Midnight Run on Netflix and, and there were no fairy dust or anything. I was so... <laughs> You're sitting there so ready to. You're sitting there ready to clap for Tinkerbell. I was and, and, I'm ready, I'm ready to clap and go to Neverland and yeah. like and it's just Robert De Niro and Char- Chuck Groden, you know, bitching at each other the whole time. So Matt, I was, yeah, I was like, uh... Matt, you, you were you you look. I love you, man, but you were a little bit naive. I do you remember? Dude. Do you remember when I woke you up in July telling you it was Christmas? Oh, fuck do you, re- you. <laughs> do fuck, you remember that? Fuck you. <laughs> you. Oh. Yes, I remember that. And it was one of the most traumatizing moments <laughs> of my childhood. Thank you. Listen, I was the young, I was the youngest of four brothers. Okay, like I didn't know who to believe. I was manipulated and tortured mercilessly. This is why I don't leave my house anymore. <laughs> oh, and the worst part about it, Matt, is I've never, I have no clue why I decided to do that. And I didn't think it would work, but you you shot up out of bed and you sprinted into the living room, and it's like June. 
<laughs> You're such an asshole. I love you, man. But it was so funny. Such an <laughs> oh, okay. Single-handedly ruined Christmas for me. I didn't ruin. It was June. How did I ruin Christmas? It, I ruined Fourth of July. Um, um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, all right. Well, on that note, we'll, aliens. Aliens. Uh, Aliens. Uh, so next week is aliens. Next week is aliens. All right. Well, Matt, uh, I'll talk to well, you. Merry later. Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's uh, hopefully it was a good one. Oh.